Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I really believe in teaching smart yoga. And smart yoga doesn't mean like, well, I'm so brilliant. It means, does this feel right for what our modern day culture needs? Good movement. And welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Lara podcast. This podcast is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga. From my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement, and my mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so that together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings around us. I am Laura Hyman. I'm a physical therapist, a movement lover. I am a yoga teacher, a yoga studio owner, and I'm just thrilled to have my premier podcast today, which is all about my own history and background, getting into yoga, getting into different types of movement and how I've been inspired to create Movement by Laura. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Laura Hyman of Movement by Laura, and this is my very first podcast on my own on my platform. And I'm so thrilled to bring it to you and to discuss all things movement. Movement is medicine to me. I talk about this often on my social media and my classes. And I'm going to just spend this first podcast talking about why I feel compelled to bring Movement by Laura into the um, bigger population and why I'm so passionate about it. I'd first say that I love words, I love reading, and I love learning. And so I always like to look at the definitions of things. And the definition of movement has several definitions. One is an act of moving that can be in terms of the body, the activities and whereabouts of someone, general activity or bustle. I love that word, bustle. The moving parts of a mechanism, a change or development, a group of people working together to advance their shared political, social, or artistic ideas. And these all are things that I want to incorporate in my podcast. Movement has such a larger meaning than simply moving our bodies. But we know that moving through the body is this most successful way to 
move in other ways in our lives that really matter. So I'll share a little bit about my own background and and um, I hope to learn more about all of your backgrounds and what you would like to learn more about in terms of movement in the body, movement in your spiritual life, uh, movement in different groups, perhaps. Uh, but anyway, let's first begin. I am Laura Hyman. I am a physical therapist. I'm a yoga instructor. I own a yoga studio. I'm a mother of two and a wife of just one. <laughs> and um, I am a proud vegan. And I really have many more things that I will talk about. But these are the things that pop up into my head immediately when I think about who am I. And, and in my movement in life, that pathway where I am being my best self and going in the direction that gives me purpose and motivation, um, that has all of these elements in them. Being a mom, being a wife, being a partner, being a business owner, being a teacher, being a student, and being um, a therapist. I like to think of myself as a facilitator. My friend, Yoga Girl, otherwise known as Rachel Braden, asked me on her podcast if I thought I was a healer because I had helped her with some back stuff. And I said, I feel like I'm more of a facilitator. And I really believe that. I feel like we all have our own inner wisdom and healing potential. And I just want to bring my knowledge and my experience and my just years of practice into a, a bigger platform to help people. And what fires me up about yoga and movement and the way that I've developed my yoga method is that I've seen the results of it. I've seen how people, when given the opportunity to learn more about their body and how it moves and how it can fuel them, uh, people heal themselves in, in many ways, spiritually, physically, emotionally. They can change their outlook. And the, this is what fuels me. And so my purpose is to empower people through knowledge and uh, through empowerment, you know, through through the act of getting stronger physically so that they can feel that strength in their decision making and in their own movement in life in whatever direction unfolds. So I started practicing physical therapy about 23 years ago. And at the same time I started practicing PT, I also learned about yoga for the first time. I had I had heard about it. I'd seen some pictures, but up until then, I had never practiced it myself. And I practiced yoga for the first time when I moved to New Jersey after I, I graduated from Duke University um, from grad school. And I went there as an, an undergrad as well. And I was ready to leave North Carolina, not quite um, venturing up to New Jersey. That wasn't really what I was planning on. But at the time I was dating someone who lived um, or who was moving to New Jersey. And so that's that's how I ended up there. It is actually a beautiful state. It's called the Garden State for a reason. And I have been there ever since. And But I moved up here and I didn't know anyone. And I am, I'm, I'm a people person. I love to be around people. And I had always been kind of engaged in different activities, whether it was sports or dance or um, teaching aerobics, which was something I loved doing, hip hop and um, high intensity aerobics. And so I wanted to find my community of, of those people here. And so I, I joined a running club and in that running club, they offered yoga. And that's actually how I found it. 
And it was literally like love at first sight, which I think so many people who have fallen in love with yoga feel like they're, and I feel like it's, it's kind of unexplainable, but at the same time, we know it's just kind of coming home, coming into ourselves more and we feel more aligned and more alive. And it's, it's this magical elixir you can't quite define, but it is what yoga has been about since the beginning of time, which is raising consciousness. And when we do that in this, in this way, we're also using moving and using our bodies, it's like a firecracker. It's like just so much energy because there is meaning behind the movement. And so I fell in love with it immediately and there was no one around that was really teaching yoga. So I started uh, learning on my own. I've got videos and, and books and learned on my own and then begin to teach it because I think a lot of times we want to teach what we love and, and I definitely wanted to do that. So for the next number of years, I was teaching yoga and I was also teaching a lot in, in physical therapy. At the time, physical therapy didn't have quite the kind of confinement that it does now with the insurance system and model. And we would be able to spend quite a bit of time with our patients. And a lot of that time is in education. It's teaching them better movement patterns. It's teaching them how to get some part of their body stronger that might have been uh, had, had had surgery or something. But my particular interest at that time was in neurologically impaired um, patients. So meaning that they had it had some kind of neurological insult. So a stroke or a, a traumatic brain injury or even just a brain bleed that left them not only maybe cognitively impaired, maybe speech impaired, but physically impaired. And so that's where as a physical therapist, I would come in and help them gain their gain as much function back. And with a stroke patient, you're, you're given this diagnosis where you might have your left side of the body, for instance, paralyzed, quote unquote, it's not paralyzed, they call it hemiplegic, like half of the body is plegic, but it actually has some motor activity still there. And the goal, what I then went and I got back my postgraduate um, certification in what's called neurodevelopmental treatment. And the goal with that is to not compensate by like putting that arm that's hemiplegic in a sling or something, but instead to work on re-recruiting motor pathways to have that arm work again. So if there's been an injured area of the brain, you can use certain techniques physically to help elicit activity in the brain where there might not have already, like it's a different um, different area of the brain that's working. And those activities were a lot of weight bearing, weight bearing through the arm if you were trying to elicit, because usually the, the arm would be more impaired than even the leg. So we did a lot of stuff with the arm. And there's many more aspects to that, but the shoulder is a very vulnerable joint when it doesn't have muscular support. So that arm can really just hang literally right out of the socket. So getting weight bearing and getting that those muscle kind of recruitment patterns back is super essential. Otherwise, that person is almost destined to just put their arm in a sling. So we did just so much work with that. So when I was doing all of that, I kind of compartmentalized the work I was doing with my, some of them seriously involved patients. And then, you know, when I left the rehab center and went to the yoga room, I would have my yoga students. And so I would keep keep them kind of separate, even though I was doing different kind of physical 
enhancements for both. And so I did that for a while. And what I noticed is my stroke patients would get substantially better by this all this work we were doing in developmental sequences, it's called. So you're like in quadruped, prone, we did crawling, um, half kneel, walking, and then of course, um, going up on a step and coming back down, that recruitment of the glutes that's required for that. And they would make tremendous progress. And, And that was facilitation by putting the demand on the hemiplegic side, and it would meet that demand. So at the same time, my yoga practice wasn't getting particularly different, I should say. It wasn't changing. It wasn't evolving. And again, since my purpose overall is is movement, not necessarily moving, but movement, the movement to feel better, to have a practice that's strong and sustainable, I was noticing I wasn't feeling that way. I was I was feeling some of the rotator cuff syndrome stuff and low back and all the, all these things. And I, and I was younger, much younger than I am now. And I, I kind of knew like, this is not right, but I wasn't putting on my PT hat. So I finally started to do that. I literally started to do some of the things that I was doing with my pretty involved stroke patients. And I noticed my own practice and my own feeling of integration change. And of course it was like, aha, well, my brain is still always developing too. Why wouldn't, just because I didn't have a obvious injury to it, like the um, neurological patients did, doesn't mean that it doesn't, it's not going to, it doesn't crave these, these, the demand on it, you know, to, to create pathways that are stronger and clearer and better. So that anyway, that, so I have been pumped up to bring that into my own practice and into my teaching. And I started doing that and I noticed tremendous changes. Now, these were not typical, quote unquote, yoga moves. And at the time, this was over 10 years ago, people that took my class loved it. Some were a little, I don't want to say suspicious, but a little bit not not sure about it at first. And then they loved it after a while. But almost everyone would say, I feel so great. I feel so great. They felt so kind of whole and more balanced. But there was still a little bit of resistance in the quote unquote traditional yoga community because yoga has been put in this little box where it's almost like a religion when in fact it's not. And so if you do something different, does some people think um, that's not particularly traditional and might be not respectful to that tradition. So what I'm going to go into detail in the podcast is how this is indeed yoga. It's just redefining it. And redefining yoga doesn't mean we're trying to change it. It's just that yoga in itself has always been wonderful. The essence of it is always the same, which is raising consciousness. So when I had my little aha moment, like I actually in my own practice could get physically stronger, could feel better, could teach my my yoga students to feel stronger, feel better, and then therefore do better in their lives, that is actually raising consciousness. We just have to redefine it. We can't put yoga in this box and say, this is yoga and this isn't. And what I'll also add is that a lot of the traditional yoga, even if it's not that traditional, it could be only like 50 years old, but it it isn't necessarily sustainable or really great for our bodies. 
And when we put on that kind of critical thinking hat and look through the lens of inquiry, like what are we doing the best we can, which is again, that kind of idea of movement. How can we explore um, ways to change or improve the way we're living? And so when we put on the, the lens of critical thinking or look through that lens, um, some of the yoga is not in, is actually not very smart for the body. And I really believe in teaching smart yoga. And smart yoga doesn't mean like, well, I'm so brilliant. It means, does this feel right for what our modern day culture needs? And if we look at the needs of our modern day life versus even a hundred years ago, these are vastly different, vastly different. And so we need to explore on our mat, just like we do in our lives, ways of moving better, feeling better and making our movement count. So when I started blending physical therapy and yoga mindset, and now I don't even really call myself a yoga teacher or a physical therapist. I think of myself more as like a movement specialist because I'm everyone has imbalances. But when I when I started actually blending them and not compartmentalizing them, the my practice of yoga evolved in every way. It became stronger. It gave me the sense of potential, potential for yes, more challenging poses like a handstand. I had never done a handstand before. I was 35 years old. But also just that sense of empowerment. You know, if I can do this, if I can do something that is in fact challenging and sit with it, not sit as in literally sit down, but sit with it in my mind, process it, acknowledge it, say, wow, this is hard. This will take a while. Maybe even in the pose itself, noticing that my legs are weaker than I thought they were or something like that. Like, But just noticing and identifying where we need to bring more balance to our bodies and our lives. It's just my passion. And when we start doing that on in our movement patterns, inevitably we start examining our behavioral patterns and how we speak, how we think, how we behave. And I find, having done this now for over a decade, that people open up their hearts in tremendous ways to themselves. Self-compassion becomes huge when you stop berating yourself for something you can't do. And again, not to bash yoga. It's amazing. But sometimes yoga really identifies everything you can't do. Like, oh, I'm too tight for that. But everybody always identifies what they can't do in yoga. Well, I'm too tight. I'm I'm too weak. I'm not strong enough in my core. My shoulders are weak. My arms are too short, blah, blah, blah. Instead of identifying that, identifying with what you can do and the and the more of the identification of integration and connecting to the core. So all of this is what has propelled me, driven me to create um, Movement by Laura, which is really a method, a, a yoga method, but it brings in many non-traditional yoga poses as well. And I have just seen in my own laboratory just the outcome of this and how much it affects people's lives and how they feel better and are really, truly better people. I've had people who 
felt better about themselves so much that they changed their careers. They, they moved that, you know, all the things that any kind of empowerment system can um, facilitate. And I want to help others and I want to help yoga teachers help others because yoga teachers are the ones who feel so strongly about yoga. They wanted to get certified and teach it. And then we kind of take away their power when you don't give yoga teachers the tools, specifically the understanding of functional anatomy. Because if you're teaching a movement system and you don't understand the body very well, it's it's quite disempowering. And I've seen that in um, many yoga teachers who have taken my trainings or come and worked with me. And they really feel like almost quitting because they feel like a fraud. Well, we all feel like frauds at time. That's a whole thing. That means you're doing your job because when we move through life, we're going to take on new uh, experiences and add on to our own growth. And when we, when we amplify kind of our, our histories, we're going to have moments where we're like, wait a second, am I, can I really speak about this? I don't, how do I really know that much about it? Well, it's in your history. You can speak about anything in your history and someone will learn something from you, just like you will learn something from someone else. So uh, this is my first podcast. I'm going to close it off by just saying, I'm so excited to explore movement in all ways. I want to explore the body movement. I know people have lots of questions and we'll definitely do a ton of discussion about movement in the body and different um, muscles in the body, different movement patterns, how to deal with, you know, the fact that so many people sit for eight hours of the day and they have to because that's their work, how to deal with Texnec, <laughs> um, how to deal with injury, how to advance your practice, how to start a practice of yoga, how to add other things in if yoga doesn't feel like enough alone, you know, by itself. And also talking about movement in your life. I, I'm going to talk about becoming vegan and what that did for me. That doesn't mean it's right for everyone, although I think it's right for everybody, but I'm not you. And vegans are not holding judgment over others. We have just found a path that resonates strongly with who we are. And so um, it just happens to also include food, which is such a, a daily part of our existence that I think it's just raises the bar of conversation. But any way you want to incorporate bringing more kindness and compassion I will speak to different people about this, other vegans, non-vegans who have other missions and, and also vegan recipes, like, because sometimes that's the big thing for people. They, they don't know what to eat and then they think they're going to miss out on nutrients. Well, I'm going to help you with that as well, because you can have a very, very energetic, abundant, uh, nutritional profile just by eating plant food. But sometimes you, if it's different, it's different. So you just have to, um, know what to do. And so I, I hope to help with that um, and be of service there. I would like to talk about the movement of being a parent and all the different stages of it. I have teenagers now, so I haven't gotten to, you know, an adulthood stage, but there's a lot that goes into parenting and I don't have the answers. I'll talk to other moms. I will talk about things that worked well for me or things that didn't well work well or struggles, but the movement of that um, the movement of being a partner, being a better partner, the things that I've tried again that worked well. And I'll, I'll also have people on my podcast who are helping in those realms because we all need 
to learn from others who who have experience with this. And and finally, just movement in whatever way that is going to bring you uh, more joy, you know, and that can be physical, but that can also be finding stillness, moving more into stillness. So I will talk also about moving is is great if it has purpose, but if you're moving to not feel or to escape, maybe there are other tools to find a movement within you without actually moving, but actually being still and moving into feeling instead of running away from it, which we all also have the tendency to do. Sometimes it's a lot easier to keep busy and not feel than to be still and let that feeling come through. So it's all things movement. That's yoga is raising consciousness. It's raising awareness and not boxing into any one idea, but being open-minded and open-hearted. So that's all for this first podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Please send me an email and let me know if there's anything in particular you'd like to hear about. And we have many more podcasts coming your way. Have a wonderful day. Keep moving. Lots of love. Laura. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.